Resuming Nerd World Order Broadcast Dynatherms connected Initiating broadcast signal in gentlemen and knights of the nerd world order this is the nerd world order broadcast i am the man that you call dukes and to my right here comes the booyah what's up it's your boy joe how's everyone doing and to my other other right weighing in at 178 adamantium filled pounds alfonso x-man flores i'm the best there is at what i do and what i do isn't very nice and joining us is mr Derek murray excellent writer Derek. How you doing today, bro? I'm I'm doing great, man. This is really exciting. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This this is awesome. I, I am definitely excited to have you on. So I know that you often post a lot of great articles in a lot of different groups, one of which being the Nerd World Order. Uh, but for the ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order that really uh, aren't 100% familiar with you, uh, why don't you just uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, give a brief synopsis of who you are, what you do. Yeah, man. Uh, so I, my name is Derek Murray. Uh, I'm a, a co-host for the Jack of All Nerds show. Uh, we do a ton of stuff on there. So we have like our regular nerd podcast. We do Cineblokes where we don British accents and review movies. We, uh, we have a Gargoyles podcast that we go through where we just finished season one. Uh, so we recap every episode as we watch it. Um, just tons of great content. We've been doing that for quite a few years. Um, I, I do stand-up comedy, which I, I haven't done in a while because I've just been doing a lot of other stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been doing stand-up for about 10 years also. Uh, and then I'm a film writer and critic for NerdBot. There you go. Very nice. Yeah, a lot of credentials there, man. Uh, definitely, yeah. we're honored to have you on the show. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a nerd or a geek at all? You know, it's I. You sent that question over, and I was trying to think about like what what would I give myself? What would be the distinction? Um, and I, I I would probably have to move more towards a nerd, um, only because I think nerddom encompasses other things like I don't know, completely useless knowledge that has no bearing on life whatsoever, uh, uh, whatsoever, other than when you're playing Jeopardy and that's the only time it's effective. Yeah. Uh, and I feel I feel like that's more in line with nerddom than it is geekdom. Uh, yeah. I do think they overlap quite a bit, but I think if I had to identify with one, it would probably be nerd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so as far as getting into nerd culture, what was your first introduction into like fandoms, anything like that? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty funny because uh, both of my parents are not nerds. Uh, my dad has tried to watch Star Wars his entire life um, and fell asleep. Like he was alive when he got to watch it in the theater and fell asleep in the theater. Like this is a man who does not like sci-fi, who does not like nerd <laughs> stuff. Um, so it is amazing that I've basically dedicated all of my extracurricular time to doing nerd things because uh, I was not raised that way. Um, but uh, long story short, I, my best friend uh, who grew up very rich, uh, I, I would visit him uh, and I'd stay over at his house and he had everything. He was the kind of guy that his dad would like rent a bunch of blockbuster movies and then he had two VCRs at a time when that was like a big deal. Uh, mm -hmm. And so he would like record all of the movies and then just had this wall of blockbuster stuff. Um, and so we would just watch anything that we could get our hands on. And so uh, I was introduced to just this whole world of like, Star Wars and Ewoks and he had all the comics and he had all of the like old school comic cards and just boxes of them just tons of stuff so I just kind of fell into it and then I, it literally never left my life um but yeah that's that's really where it all came from that is pretty cool so I have rich friends guys that's what I'm saying that's the that's the moral of the story <laughs> have rich friends <laughs> Unfortunately, it was me and Joe growing up in the hood. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the only thing we had rich was our friendship. <laughs> nice. You guys were like, with our powers combined. <laughs> and then when we met Alfonso, we were like, hey, this guy lives in Orange County. He's rich. <laughs> well, my uh, wife. Did you specify what part of Orange County, though? That <laughs> that... Huntington Beach. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's your what your number one fandom? Man, I this is gonna sound so trite. I was trying to like trying to find something a little bit more deep and not as cliche and not a stupid answer, but uh I, I'd have to go with Batman. I you know, I, I know that there's this massive Batman fatigue, and even somebody who is like just obsessed with it, uh I, even I'm kind of feeling it, but I just I absolutely love the character. I, I know that he's problematic to the core. Um, but I don't care. I, I love him. I love it. He's he's always been one of my absolute favorites. How you feel about the new Batman trailer? Uh, I'm actually pretty excited for it. Um, I I like Matt Reeves as a director. I think he's got incredible vision. Um, I can still to this day cannot believe that that's Colin Farrell uh, as as the Penguin. Like I've seen the trailer like a thousand times, and every time I see it, it's like no, that's somebody else. Like it's not him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I like Robert Pattinson too. I, I actually think he's a pretty good uh, actor, and I think he's done a lot of work to distance himself from from the Twilight stuff. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be fine. So I, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, awesome. Who's your favorite Batman? Man, I, so I, <laughs> you want you want film, animated, and comic, or you want like just... I'm go I'm going film. Okay, film. It has to be Michael Keaton. There's just. Okay. That's yeah. the only right answer, if we're being honest. <laughs> so, yeah. You didn't like George Clooney. <laughs> that poor guy. I, I actually feel bad for everybody in that movie. Like, it, right. it felt like a sabotage. And, mm -hmm. yeah, as soon as they put nipples on the bat suit, I was like, oh, George. Oh, yeah. Man. I'm so sorry. You know, I, I actually own one of those bat nipples. I think I got it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't lift your shirt, Alfonso. So <laughs> it's a straight black tattoo. It's got the bat chest just tattooed. Yeah. Holy bat nipples. <laughs> I'm gonna assume this is Batman, but I might be completely wrong. Uh what character do you identify with most or you would have as your avatar? It's see, this is unfair because I would absolutely 100% my actual answer would be Batman. Like Batman okay. would be my avatar, but I am not a billionaire. Uh, my parents are still alive. Uh, I don't have a rogue gallery that's almost better than me as a hero. Um, so I don't know that I even identify with Batman. Um, okay. But if we're going to pick an avatar, it I, it would have to be Batman. It, it would okay. just have to be, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So who do you identify with? You know... I I really this is gonna sound kind of strange, but I I actually really identify with Scott Pilgrim uh, because I as as goofy and as silly as he is and as kind of dumb as he is, a lot of that is if you've actually read the graphic novels, he's actually not that dumb. Um, but I I love him because he he is incapable of realizing like how much people actually like him. Like he doesn't get it. And so he just thinks that everybody hates him. And this idea that like he dates beautiful women doesn't register in his mind at all. Like, he doesn't even get that women are attracted to him in the first place. Yeah. Um, so really that lack of self-confidence is where I feel most connected to. <laughs> that is pretty awesome, man. That's a deep cut, you know, because yeah. a lot of people don't even realize like Scott Pilgrim started off as like a comic book slash graphic novel, you know? Yeah. So, I, and I, so check this out. I read... I read the entire series in a weekend and I read oh. the last word of the series and then booked my ticket to go see the movie. Like immediately yes. after, oh, yes. like 20 minutes later, I was in the theater watching the movie immediately after I finished the novel. Yeah. That is awesome, man. Maybe, awesome. maybe all of us identified with it because growing up, I don't meet around me and Alan's time because uh, we're, we're kind of young in our late twenties, but growing up, like, that's how it was. You were like, you didn't talk to anybody, any girl that you that that we thought was hot was looking our way. We never thought about it that way. We thought, nah, there's no way she'd be interested. So I guess, you know, like nerds like us uh, really identify with someone like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And then he was badass and can kick ass too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it's like, oh, but, but he's cool. He's still yeah. cool. He just doesn't know it. That's why. That's yeah. why part about that character. Yeah, and that is for nerds were cool, right? Now, now yeah. it's like everybody's a nerd, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> best part about Scott Pilgrim: the X on his shoulder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize there was an X on his shoulder. Oh yeah. Also, also a deep cut X. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you guys are probably wondering, okay, how did you manage to get Derek Murray on the broadcast? 
really, really love an article that came out. Was it February 1st or uh, January 31st? I think it was, uh, it might've, I think it was like the start of February. Yeah. Okay. One of the first articles that came out in February. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So Derek had this really great article uh, that he wrote regarding sort of looking at the book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. And I loved it. Uh, and then as I was scrolling through my timeline on the book of faces, which most people aren't on anymore, but I'm still <laughs> on. I was like, whoa, Derek's getting a little heat here from uh, what he wrote. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is crazy. And so I thought to myself, I wanted to discuss it on the broadcast, but I, I'm not plagiarizing, right? I'm not a plagiarist. So I hit up Derek and said, hey, man, do you mind if uh, we discuss this? And he said, not only do I not mind if you discuss it, I'd love to talk about it with you guys. So Derek, could you tell us a little bit about that article and the, sort of what happened as a result? Yeah, man. So I was, uh, I was, I was, I, I'm a big fan of Peacemaker. Um, I, I think that series is just phenomenal. Um, really and I, I, had, I had originally written a first impressions article for Peacemaker. And then I wrote a first impressions article for Boba Fett, just kind of my first experiences with the first episodes. And one was clearly better than the other, in my opinion. And so I was thinking about it. And the longer Boba Fett went on, the less I was kind of into, I just didn't really care for it. But the longer Peacemaker went on, the more I was like, God, this is amazing. And so I wanted to try to like have a discussion about like, okay, they're both clearly spinoff shows, but something's different between the two. And it's not just that they're different stories made by different visual directors and different universes. Like there's something here. And so rather than, you know, just getting the ire of the fan base that can't believe somebody doesn't like Boba Fett, um, I didn't want to come out and just trash Boba Fett because it's not... I didn't want anybody, I know they thought that, but I didn't want anybody to think that I just absolutely can't stand the show and I think it's horribly made. I, I don't, I think it's just really problematic. Um, so I was trying to find a different way to frame it. Um, and so I started thinking about just support characters and, and spinoffs that really we all kind of championed when they were in that sideline role. And then they got their own film or their own series and everybody was like, oh, yeah, this isn't this isn't what we wanted at all. Um, so I figured framing it that way would be a little bit better because now you can kind of give that broader context and you can start to take in bits and pieces of like, okay, well, these are examples of things that didn't work. Here are things that did work. It's important to talk about spinoffs and how they actually interact and how we perceive them and, and whether or not they're successful. And thank you so much for writing that article, man, because it was so intelligently uh, displayed. I like how you pointed out you know for instance like uh you had madagascar and then you had the penguins movie mm -hmm. or you talked about god almighty and then evan almighty uh yeah. so it just wasn't one single example you know there were a series of examples that showed uh how in my opinion sometimes hollywood sees something and they think everybody wants to see it and maybe we do but it's just not presented in a way that it should yeah. uh so i guess the the first question uh, that I would have for you uh, would be, and for all of you actually, is looking at Peacemaker compared to Boba Fett or just uh, single serving characters, uh, support characters in general, why are some successful while others tend to not get off the ground and be get turned into good TV shows or good movies? Uh, I, I can go first, but I, I totally don't want to take it all over. If you guys After want. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think one of the things that really struck me about the difference between Peacemaker and Boba Fett is I think there's a lot to be said about somebody who understands their vision a little bit better. Um, and I think that uh, comparatively, because originally what's funny is originally I was going to do a comparison piece between the directors and their mm -hmm. content rather than the actual content. Um, but I threw that out because I just there weren't enough examples. But I feel like James Gunn works best when he is completely unrestrained, when he is allowed to just walk in, write, create the storyboard, direct, produce, like that's that's where he thrives. So when you get to something like Peacemaker and it's on HBO Max and they don't care what he does, he can have, he can go as far as he wants. And that's where James Gunn really, really thrives as a director and as a visionary storyteller. Robert Rodriguez, on the other hand, I think has proven that while he's got a really unique and interesting vision, one, it's it can't apply to everything. Uh, and two, he needs to be a little restrained and he needs a little bit of that kind of, he can't be like this no holds bar. So I guess the biggest example of that would be in his 
uh, display of Desperado, which feels way more restrained. It feels way more like he's trying to fit into something. And then they gave him the no holds bar reign of Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And everybody was like, ooh, yeah, no, let's let's put those reins back on you, Robert Rodriguez. Let's, let's pull you back just a little bit. Um, and so I think you see that in the book of Boba Fett where Disney was like, hey, man, do whatever you want. And then we get the Power Rangers on Pod Racers. You're like, what, what is happening right now? Like, when did we start watching Spy Kids? What is going on? Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I think where the big successes come. And then I just think the writing is significantly stronger. I, I like Favreau as a writer. I think he's absolutely amazing. Um, but I don't know that the combination of Favreau's writing and Robert Rodriguez Robert Rodriguez's vision really comes together the way that I think we all kind of hoped it would, uh, if that makes sense. So, you know, one thing I was thinking, everybody wanted Boba Fett. Everybody wanted Boba Fett from day one. All right, since you've seen Boba Fett, that's what you wanted to know. You want to know his backstory. You want to know everything. Nobody wanted Peacemaker. Nobody, I mean, nobody but James Gunn. I mean, even after after watching The Suicide Squad, <laughs> emphasis on the. Um, it's important. <laughs> it, it's very important because it's a different movie. Um, you know, it's like Peacemaker was, he was funny. He was good, but it's like, he's nowhere near what he is in the show now, you know? And he, you know, James Gunn just had a vision apparently. And, you know, you, you give James Gunn free reign, you give him whatever music he wants, they pay whatever royalties they need. Generally, most of, those, most of that music probably doesn't cost much anyway, but he blows it up. I mean, I can't tell you how many, okay, I still buy songs on iTunes and I've, I've purchased songs, you know? And so that's, it's, it's, it's amazing what the proper direction will, will give you. You know, it's like yeah. the fans want what the fans want, but they don't know what they need. And then it was given to us. Yeah, that's a good way to put it too, because we we are all all nerds or screenwriters in some way, right? Yeah, we, we all we all have the fan mm -hmm. movies in our head, and it you're absolutely right. It really does take a a true visionary to kind of be like, okay, I know you want this, but this is what you guys really need. Just trust me, I'm gonna deliver on it. And I think you're absolutely right. I think Gunn does that because I I loved the Suicide Squad, and I there was no part of me that was like, ooh, I can't wait to see more Peacemaker, like <laughs> right. Yeah, I, Makes you like John Zeno. Oh my god! <laughs> Even more. Oh. But uh, what do you think about this, Derek? Me and Alan was talking about this the other day. Like we were like eating. We were eating at Freddy's. Home. It's pretty good. We had a patty melt and some cheese fries. It's pretty good. Yes. But we were talking about like if you watch Bubba Fett from the Star Wars movies, he's really not doing anything. He's just standing there looking cool, right? Yep. Did he really bring in Han Solo, or was it Darth Vader holding up his hand, stopping his bullets? He didn't really do anything. Yeah. And people in their mind has created this fallacy of how good Bubble Fett really is. And he's really not, you can't compare him to anything, yeah. but the own mind of an average fan that's watching Bubble Fett, right? And I think that's why it's losing its mystique because after John created Mandalorian, it's so good. Everybody is thinking the Mandalorian should have been what Bubble Fett is. Yeah. But I think the problem that people are struggling with is. He's already old, and where John was trying to go with it is creating like a godfather-esque, like a family, mm -hmm. and creating like a whole smothering. Why make bits and pieces of the money where you can have a family and have more of the money and not doing the, the brunt of the work, and you can sit back and just control everything? Yeah. And I, I think that's why people just can't accept Bubble Fett being that guy. Yeah, and it's, it's really strong. It's hard, too, because when he shows up in The Mandalorian – He's everything we've ever wanted. Like, oh yeah, that mm -hmm. episode when he shows up in that towards the end, you're just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so right. it kind of goes back to your point, X Man, of like, yeah, that's what we wanted and that's what we needed. And then none of that trans, that excitement and that thrill just doesn't translate into whatever this version of Boba Fett is. And I think that's even proven more with the last two episodes that. He's gone, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is the greatest show on it's earth." So like, these are yeah. great Mandalorian mm -hmm. episodes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I look at Boba Fett and the Mandalorian in a different way, and it has a lot to do with what Joe described, which is, I look at Boba Fett as almost being a trilogy. You have the introduction of Boba Fett 
in the New Hope trilogy. So it's like a little glimpse of who he is. Now, I feel like if Boba Fett were to have been introduced, let's say five years after Return of the Jedi, he would be the Mandalorian. That's what the that's what he would have done. Exactly yeah. what it is. And the third part of the Boba Fett trilogy would be him getting older and figuring out over a period of time, I can't continue to work for other people. I can't continue to go out on these fights and all these crazy missions and stuff like this. I have to figure out another way to continue to be empowered and be formidable, but do it without putting myself at, it, in a, at much risk, which is where we would get the book of Boba Fett that we have now. The only problem is... I feel like Favreau looked at the Mandalorians and said, I can't do Boba Fett. So he created the Mandalorian, which we all love. It gives us the Boba Fett that we wanted, but it's not mm -hmm. the same character. The yeah. problem with Rodriguez is, IMO, that he is not a storyteller. He's an action director. And when we saw the episode of the man of the Mandalorian that Boba Fett came in and we all lost our mind and it was the coolest thing ever. And he just went in like, you know, de destroying everybody. That was an action scene. That's what Rodriguez excels at. Yeah. But he's not a good storyteller. <laughs> and so to give him the reins and expect him to tell a story over like, let's say, eight episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So what are we getting now? What we're getting now is... First, we have Bryce Dallas Howard who comes in and starts to pick things up, right? And yeah. then Just give her the keys to Star Wars, by the way. Like, just, <laughs> just let her do it. Just let her, let her run. I'm all down. And my oh. heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Filoni, who is Star Wars in a lot of ways. You know, he he gave us a transition from a new hope and everything else into what we have now as a Mandalorian. A lot of the folklore that we're dealing with comes from what Dave Filoni gave us. Yeah. So he's a better storyteller as well. And so I think the real problem is you took an action director and you gave him the reins to a story and that's not his cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I, and I think that that's a good, uh, it's a good argument to demonstrate why, uh, you know, in IMO, uh, that Peacemaker <laughs> is significantly better uh, than the book of Boba Fett. And I think it has a lot to do with that because James Gunn has proven that he's not only great at doing action, but he is very, very good at telling a story. Now he can get lost in his own, you know, mythos sometimes. And, and, you know, he's not, he's not perfect by any means, but when it comes to telling a competent story that you're willing to invest in, Gunn is very, very good at that. Um, and again, going back to once upon a time in Mexico, where everybody was like, yeah, dude, just do whatever you want. And then Rodriguez tried to tell a story and you're like, I don't know what this is about. I, I have, I've seen, I own it. And I still couldn't tell mm -hmm. you what one time in Mexico is about. <laughs> I have no idea what that movie is supposed to be. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And then I think the other part of that too, is we have this, everybody built up this idea in their mind of what Boba Fett should be with like mm -hmm. you were saying in the originals, I've always maintained that he's, kind of one of the worst bounty hunters I've ever seen in my life. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do anything and everybody's backtrack and everybody's justification is, Oh, well, you got to read all the fan fiction and you got to read all <laughs> the stories that were created after the Sarlacc pit that weren't even canonized until mm -hmm. Disney bought it, which was what 20 years ago now at this point. So like yeah. you can't, I'm not going to go do research on a character <laughs> that you loved because you read some book that some guy wrote. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I think what happened is because all of that is basically missing. And then they just assumed that everybody knew he escaped the Sarlacc pit and mm -hmm. everybody knew he did all of these things. Now everybody's coming into it and they're like, wait, why is Boba Fett doing all of this? Stuff? I, who is this guy? What is happening right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to paint a little picture for you guys here. I, I was thinking about it. Like, Bofet had what eight minutes of screen time? Why was he so popular? What was it about him that drew us and his kids? He had a jetpack, right? <laughs> we all wanted a jetpack. We still want it. It's 2022 and we don't even have jetpacks yet. Yeah. <sighs> okay, get on it. <laughs> he, he looked different too. He looked different and he didn't say anything really. Yeah. Right. So usually yeah. like like if you if if a hot chick is in the room and a bunch of dudes are talking, most likely she's gonna be like, "Why is that guy not saying anything? Just looking good." 
Let me go see what that person's about, right? And then the person opens up his mouth like he's talking about Boba Fett, and then they're like, oh, it's not, it's not, a, good, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And, and then she leaves. Yeah. Well, well you think, that, I mean, that was okay. part of my argument, too, for the, yeah. for the single-serving characters is like, mm-hmm. Boba Fett, I actually think works best when we know the least about him. That's yeah. that is part of that mm-hmm. effectiveness. Like mm-hmm. he's so cool doing absolutely nothing. Like that's yeah. the best part of Boba Fett is when you're like, I don't know who he is. I kind of want to know more, but I really like that I don't. And yeah. I think we I think we kind of see that a lot in some of these supporting characters. And I think some obviously do really well. Again, going back to Peacemaker, where it's like, yeah, nobody really. We liked him and we didn't think that we wanted to watch a whole series, but now we absolutely do. And then other characters like, you know, and it's some of the examples I cited in the article of like Mater from Cars is a fantastic example. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Like you yeah, watch man. the original Cars and he is just, he's hilarious. He steals every scene in that movie mm-hmm. and your kids love him. You love him. It's the most tolerable I've ever had from Larry the Cable Guy. Like it's, it's great, right? And then they move to Cars 2. They basically give him his own movie. And it's easily one of the lowest rated and one of the worst Pixar films to date. And it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, Mater works best when he is the sidekick. That is mm-hmm. what he excels at. It's not that we want a whole movie about Mater. We just we want Mater to be a part of this movie. That's it. That's all we want. So, yeah. I agree, man. Uh, let me ask you guys. Or actually, do you? You read comic books, Derek. Um, I do. So I will say that I don't read them as much as I would like to. Okay. Um, so, but I, but I'm, I'm, I have some. I, I'm not like a diehard comic book reader, but I, I do enjoy a good comic book from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. You, you brought up a point that Boba Fett's not even a good bounty hunter. He's like one of the worst. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's right. But okay. Marvel just introduced War of the Bounty Hunters, which is basically the concept is Boba Fett got Han Solo stolen away from him. And so everybody, basically, there was this bounty on Boba Boba Fett's head, and he had to get Han Solo back. Now, to your point, we all have this idea that he's this great bounty hunter. Mm -hmm. But even in the canon fiction that they're writing over at Marvel gets in a little trouble from time to time and isn't as great as we thought he was so that's you have a great point man i I feel like people make a lot of excuses because they want him to be more than he actually is and i think that that and i think that's where a lot of that ire comes from is where people like and look i one of the things i'm i'm you know i catch a lot of flack for stuff like that and i I try not to be one of those people that's like a contrarian but a lot of i i really get two responses right i get the well you just hate everything or Marvel's paying you to write good stuff about their movies. Like the, those are like the two responses I get the most. And I'm, I'm very much of the mindset that like, it is really important to be critical of even the things that you love. Like, you know, I talked about Batman. I love Batman. He's, you know, we talked about, it. he's my favorite character. I absolutely love him. And I'll watch anything that Batman does, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Batman is technically a great hero. He's actually kind of a really bad hero uh, he doesn't actually save his city at all. He's mm-hmm. a billionaire and does nothing with his money. Uh, he basically creates his own rogue gallery from his own psychosis. Like, so it's it, you can you can love something and still admit that there are criticisms that can exist because not everything's perfect. And I think it's I think people have this either or where it's like you either love it or you hate it and you can't have anything in between. And it's like, no, I, some of my favorite movies, I can admit, are garbage. Like, I'm fine with that. I, I happen to love them. And, you know, I get nobody's going to watch Debs. I'm never going to tell anybody to watch Debs. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie that I love with all of my heart. I absolutely <laughs> adore that movie so much. But I get it. It's not good. So, And it's fine. And I think we have to kind of get away from this, like, spiteful hateful dichotomy of like it's got to be wonderful or it's got to be awful and you can't have anything in between um and i think that's one of the things i've been trying to do in in my writing um and i you know really you just need people to read more than the headline because that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where people really get lost so mm-hmm. yeah. that's such a good point i feel like a lot of people who were dropping comments on your article this this one specifically they read the title and just started making comments mm-hmm. because 
if you took the time to read the article, you would see that it's very balanced and it's, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a, a, like, you're not saying that Boba Fett is bad per se. You're analyzing why the show struggles, you know? And I, I feel like people, people are just headline grabbers, you know, that's where <laughs> we are right now. It's, it's an yeah. unfortunate way. Uh, let me throw a question out at you guys. Uh, there are a lot of spinoff shows where support characters uh, do become, you know, the, the, the lead per se, whether it be in movies, uh, whether it be in television. It's been a historical thing. When I was doing research, you know, uh, all the way back to Happy Days, it was like, hey, if you want to introduce Mork, what do you do? You put them on Happy Days. You know, Laverne and Shirley, they started out on Happy Days. Yeah. Uh, Joni loves Shachi. There's so many shows. Frasier. <laughs> exactly. Frasier. Yeah. So, do you feel that that's just a money grab or is it a technique used by Hollywood to effectively introduce characters? I think, I think it's a bit of both. And I think you kind of have to take them as they come because there, there is, there are a lot of things that feel very much like a money grab. Um, and there's a lot of them where, where it's clear that they are just trying to extend the, the, the clamoring and the nostalgia and the length of whatever it is they're trying to do uh, for as long as possible, regardless of quality. There's a lot of people that do that. Um, but, you know, Frasier is a phenomenal show from an already phenomenal show. And, you know, and, and that one feels a little bit more organic. It feels a little bit more purposeful. And I think its survivability demonstrates that, yeah, this was done because this is a technique that I think works. And I actually think it goes back to your point, X-Man, of, it's the people that really understand what it is we need and not just what we think we want. And I think that's the big distinction. So there's some spinoffs that are absolutely 100% directly into, oh, you guys want this? All right, well, here it is in spades. And then there's <laughs> other people that are like, okay, but here's what you guys really need. I know you guys think you want this, but this is what you guys need. And, and I think you kind of have to take it with each one because every spinoff is different. They all have different nuances and purposes but i think intent is really where it comes down to right i think they have like paid people that are just watching people's reaction <laughs> and then they roll their dice and say let me see if this works and then something like frazier does work then now everyone's thinking well let's just try it for this show and this then that show and they just keep doing it and if it, if it doesn't work it's like, okay we'll just try again it's probably because everything is the same nowadays there's no one can sit there and think about new ideas and it's easier just to piggyback on a show that's already successful with a certain character and try to create something out of that instead of thinking of something new. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, it's kind of like uh, you got two parents. One's like, oh, here's all the candy. And the other was like, you need to eat your vegetables. You know? <laughs> Candy's going to get you going for a little bit, but the vegetables yeah. are going to sustain you for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it definitely, I mean, uh, look, I, I'm pretty, I love film. I love TV. I love it. You know, obviously I, I literally write for a side job. Um, but I, I think Hollywood is very, very bad at learning their lessons in all facets. And they, I don't think they're ever, and, and I think I said as much in the article, but like, they're never going to correct this mistake. They're, they're literally going to see dollar signs, see mm -hmm. merchandising, because that's what drives a lot of this stuff. And if the toys sell, you're going to get a movie, whether yeah. you want it or not. If the toys sell, you're going to get a movie. And that's, that's how you get penguins. That's how you get minions. That's how you get <laughs> Mater. Like people clamored, they rushed, they bought the, it was the highest selling toy in whatever year it was released. And now you got a whole movie dedicated to them. And it almost doesn't even matter whether or not it's successful because we all bought the merch. So mm -hmm. they already made their money. So if it bombs, whatever, we'll just make another one and make another one and make another one. Yeah. So, yeah. Because they have so much money, they don't care if they lose. That's yeah. the problem. If, yeah. if they were in a business of where if they made a bomb and they're like, ooh, that dig into my pockets, let me stop a little bit and think about this. I think we'd have better quality movies. But now they make so much money, like to your point, they don't care. Yeah. You see it with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is like the biggest offender as a studio as a whole, where they're just like, no, nah, we're fine. We're just going to play catch up forever. Like, we're just going <laughs> to copy and paste other people's successes, miss right. the boat as to why it works, and we're mm -hmm. just going to keep churning out stuff. Uh, <laughs> whatever we can do. Who cares about money? Money's no issue. Just yeah. turn it out. Give them another Batman. 
Yeah, just give him another Batman. Just you know what? Do two a year, make them not connected at all, and we'll just do like nine different franchises all at the same time. It's like sitting next to the smart kid in class. And he, he he has all the right answers and everything's 100 percent And that's Marvel and DC just looking over the shoulder. And instead of copying word for word, uh, let me switch it up and and answer it this way. And they still get it wrong. Yeah. That's what that is. And and with that argument, like I, I see people get mad at that all the time. And this I get accused of being paid for Marvel. And trust me, if Marvel was paying me to write my articles. I would quit my day job. Trust me. I <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I am not getting that Disney money for the endorsement of Marvel. Uh, but one of the things I've always said is Marvel is successful because they make good movies first that happen to connect second. And mm-hmm. it's something that every other franchise universe has completely missed. So mm-hmm. they think that the reason we enjoy Marvel movies is because they connect. And it's that's secondary because you can watch Iron Man and never watch another Marvel movie. And mm-hmm. it's just a good super who give who cares whether or not it connects to anything or not. It's right. just a good superhero movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a good movie. It's done really well. It's written well. It's just a fun movie. And what everybody took from that was, oh, they're building a universe. So quick, make Batman versus Superman. And you're like, but <laughs> you didn't make anything in between. What is going on? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Let me yeah. put this out there. <laughs> uh, I lost it. <laughs> Alfonso's just cracking yeah. himself up. He's like, I got my own podcast going in my head. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I, I wrote what I was going to say. Uh, just to reiterate, you're not being paid by Disney, not being paid by Marvel, any of us, but we're willing to take the check. So send it on over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney, if you're listening, I, it, I'll love Boba Fett if you send me that. Check. I'll switch gears in a heartbeat. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Dude, Derek, we talk about this all the time. DC, Warner Brothers gets it right with the animation. Oh, my God. The animation is just, like, on another level. Completely better than any animated film Marvel has ever made. Like, the worst animated DC film is better than the absolute best Marvel animated feature. Hands down. Hands down. Without without any question. Yeah. And I I do not understand why you can't just take that creative team transport them into movies yeah. and make just amazing amazing movies yeah it's crazy crazy like you feel like telling you know because i like dc i like marvel i like them both but you know i'm not like alan he bashes dc any chance he gets even if the movie is good but <laughs> which is where in between because it's rarely ever do they have a good movie but fans shouldn't get mad at you per se like what a truthful Particle, right? They should get mad at Warner Brothers for not making better movies. Yeah, I, I look. I I know that when I when I write something that that people like that I didn't, I I'm, I prepare myself and I just mm-hmm. already know that it's going to come because again, it goes back to what we we're talking about with that that it's either or, right? You can't you can't be critical of something that you love. That's that's mm-hmm. the mindset that we have. And I I work really hard. I, I consume an insane amount of content uh like i i I did sundance this year because it was virtual so i got to check out a bunch of i watched like 20 movies in four days like i fried my brain and we're talking like heavy movies movies Mm -hmm. with like you know purpose and documentaries and like i i couldn't wait for moonfall i was really sad it wasn't good but I could not wait for Moonfall because I just wanted to turn it off. And just not, oh, no, I know. I, <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, I consume a ton of content, and so for me, it's really important to like. I I, I try my best, and obviously, like I'm I'm as subjective as everybody else, right? Like I have my preferences, I have things that I enjoy, but I do my best to try to be as objective as I possibly can. Um, which you know, going back to this article, that's why I didn't want to just come out and be like. Peacemaker's better than Boba Fett, and Boba Fett sucks. I, that's just adding to that discourse in an echo chamber that nobody wants to hear anymore. Uh, and so I wanted to just elevate the argument and have a you know a better discussion. Um, and there, were, I think there was even a guy that wrote like uh, his own essay in response <laughs> to it. And I, I, he, you know, and it was an essay that basically disagreed with my point. But I was like, dude, at least one, I know you read the article. <laughs> I clearly broke it down. So I was like, thank you. Uh, and then two, like, you at least developed your own points as to why you thought I was wrong. And I will take that any day. I'm not the authority on anything. Like, 
like we said, I don't get Disney money. So what my opinion doesn't matter to anybody but me and the people that I share it with. So um yeah, but I don't know what the point of that rant was, but yeah. yeah. That's a problem though. Like, hey, bro, like, okay, why am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. And it can't just be, oh, you suck. Here's a link to yeah. the email. Go tell him he sucks. And it's like that's <laughs> right, exactly. Who does that help? Like, yeah. But peacemaker's so much better though. <laughs> like, you know, like we talk, we 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 always talk about it when we get together and record a, a broadcast. How much we look forward to peacemaker. Like every episode, I'm like, I'm looking forward. I Both literally not, wake up early so, so that I could watch it before work. Like I, I yeah. get, I get excited. I, I make sure I wake up early at like six thirty-seven because I don't yeah. start work until nine. I'm like, all right, this will be perfect. It's the first thing I do, and then I go like brush my teeth, shower, eat breakfast, whatever. <laughs> like I, I start my Thursday with Peacemaker because it's just so good. Yeah, you, you, it's so good. Like I really find myself trying not to like John Zena. And I don't know if it's John Zena that's making me like him, or is it James Gunn's writing? But it's, it's a combination of both. I did you ever did you see Trainwreck? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, so yeah. I remember because I I remember when I saw it, and it, it, Trainwreck's fine. It, it's a mm -hmm. fine movie. It's not it's not great. It's a, it's yeah. rather forgettable. But the five minutes that John Cena is in that movie, I was like, this is amazing. Like, right, where right. did this guy come from? This is absolutely yeah. hilarious. <laughs> and I what I've noticed about him is the more he embraces these incredible talents of like comedic ability, like the guy is just really, really good at comedic timing and yeah. being kind of this larger than life, ridiculous character. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the more he's embraced that he's just become a better actor across the yeah. board. Like he embraces this. And then all of a sudden he learns how to cry and he learns <laughs> how to have emotion mm -hmm. and he learns how to have breakdowns. And you're like, dude, you are, you are becoming a legitimate actor like yeah. before our on, very eyes. On top of it, he's he's like amazing at improv. Of course, he gets that in oh, WWE. God, yeah. You're live on the yeah. spot. You you yeah. say it, it, it's gonna hit or fail, and that makes or breaks you completely. Yeah. And and then did you guys see recently? He played that song on the piano in the latest episode. That was him. That's so I wild. couldn't believe it. It's so it's so crazy. It's so crazy. I did you so are you guys wrestling fans? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. I was big into like the Attitude Era. Like, yes, okay, that, was, that was me. That was, yeah. that was my life. <laughs> that was my entire life was the Attitude Era. Um, but I remember they they I, I don't know if they still do the show, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but they had a whole um, they had a whole series where they were doing like um, uh, wrestlers that were trying to get signed, right? Yeah. And they had some veterans that were coming back that got let go that wanted to try to do it, and then they had a bunch of these newcomers. And I remember they did an expose on John Cena. He was not in the WWE yet. He was just a, a, a right. bodybuilder that was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this." And he he delivered a promo. His his old name was the Prototype. That's what he was right. going for. And he he delivered this promo, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's." It, I don't even need to finish this series. This guy is getting a WWE contract for sure, like without a doubt, because it was just it was so good, and he just like turned on and became this whole other person before your very eyes. And I was like, yeah, no, he's, he's going to go far. And then, you know, he rolled into the WWE, became one of the biggest superstars. And then once he started transitioning into film and really started to embrace that ability of, like you said, the improv and that comedic mm -hmm. timing, he's, he's, I, I will honestly watch anything, any upcoming projects he's in. I'm, I'm down. He's, he has made me a fan. Have Do you, you remember how vacation friends? Yes. I, you know what I haven't? That's on my list. Though. It's, it's really good. It's, yeah, I've heard it's hilarious. It's really good because yeah. he's yeah, funny. You, he's funny. Yeah. yeah, that's what I watched that and I was like, ah, I don't like him. Don't like him. You know. <laughs> and, and you're like, he's actually pretty good at it. And then in Peacemaker, like the the in Suicide Squad two, I guess you would call. It, I don't know. Maybe it's a different movie, not Suicide Squad two. But even that little piece that you were saying, Derek, he was really good at it. And then. First episode of, of Peacemaker, man, like J James Gunn is just hitting, he hit a homer right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. And those, you're, I think you're right too. I think it's, it's his ability and then paired with somebody like James Gunn who allows his actors to kind of just do what they want within his vision. Like it's a, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, and I, I wanted to touch on the, um, when he was in WWE, when he wasn't, he was like climbing and he was failing, you know, he just, I think he just did the thing with, um, uh, Kurt Angle, where he, you know, he took his chance, he took his opportunity, and they, they gave him a little push from that. 
but he was starting to fail a little bit. And then it was Halloween and he dressed up as vanilla ice and he came out and he started rapping and everything. And that persona right there just grew from the rap. And, and, you know, he's coming out with the chains and everything. Oh man. He was, he was pretty classic in that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about James Gunn getting some heat that he hired his girlfriend to be one of the characters? Wait, who's his girlfriend? Did that Jennifer. Oh, that's oh, his I girlfriend. Can... Oh, oh, okay, fine. She's still good at it. Hey, fine. She's, still, she's still good at it. Whatever. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Right? Even, I don't. I don't really trip on that unless it's like Godfather Three type of casting where it's like <laughs> you, you got no business casting your family members in this movie, bro. Stop it. Um, right. Right. Yeah, so I think I think sometimes it can work fine. I mean, I you know I I didn't even know that, and I you know she's great, so I I think it's perfect. I yeah. you know the tragedy of Macbeth. Joel Cohen casts his wife as mm-hmm. you know Lady Macbeth, and Frances McDormand does fine. She's a great actress, mm-hmm. so you know yeah, I, I I think it's okay. I think it's just people hating. It's so good. Let me find something that's gonna be something bad about it. And oh yeah, that, oh yeah, yeah, that's his girlfriend. Yeah, that's 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 it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. So, gentlemen, let me throw this question out at you. Uh, there have been a lot of spinoff movies uh, with supporting characters, uh, single-serving characters that perhaps did not deserve a second helping. What movie or show has done the best job of delivering a uh, support character, whether it be a show or a movie? What's the best? Man. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Snoochie boochies. Uh, that I mean, that's a pretty good one. I, I mean, uh, I'm a I'm not a huge Kevin Smith fan in his latter years, but that canon of films, I you you watch Clerks, and and there's no way you want an entire movie of those two jerk offs standing outside of a liquor store. <laughs> like they, they're great, but there's nothing about the original Clerks where you're like, yeah, give me make the whole franchise about those guys. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, Jay and Silent Bob is just, uh, that's a, uh, that's a bona fide universe. That's, that's yeah. the Kevin Smith end game. In my opinion, that, <laughs> right? that's bringing it all together. Um, that's a good example. I don't know that there's, man, I'm trying to think of like the best, uh, best. we'll start naming some let's, let's go through that. What you could think of, um, I mean, look, I, I we can start with something like Frasier. I, I think Frasier is just that show still holds up today. Uh, that show's hilarious, uh, and that is a full blown spinoff that I don't know that anybody actually asked for or thought was going to be as successful as it was, and it ran for God knows how long. And pe- now Paramount's going to they're doing a revival of it now, so like it, it clearly worked. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I think that's one of them. Um, what about like uh, Better Call Saul? Ooh, better call spinoff oh, of the Breaking Bad. Really good. Now, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch all of Better Call Saul because I got kind of bored with it. But yeah. I've heard it's actually better than Breaking Bad. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk is something else, man. Oh, that, that guy, <laughs> that guy is so good. Um, yeah, that's a good one. We got that's Angel from good. Buffy. Yeah, a- Angel was a solid one. That's if a good you guys one. Were in I, the Buffy Vampire Slayer at I all? Feel like the the CW is they are hell-bent on making mm-hmm. spinoffs of every single character <laughs> yeah. they've ever had. Right. Ever. Every like, show. <laughs> and some of them are decent, like, you know, Angel and, and stuff like that. And then others, I'm just like, dude, we do not need... Uh, that was my biggest complaint with Arrow, where it was like, mm-hmm. not everyone needs to be a superhero in your, in your <laughs> yeah. show. And yeah, then exactly. not all of them need their own exactly. show. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, the one thing CW did do right was creating the characters to where they could do like a, a big like end game type of uh, um, season finale with every character from all those shows. I mean, they do it better than DC does in their movies. Yeah. And they do like the big crossovers, like yeah. the, the cross universes and stuff. Right. I don't even watch those individual shows. My girlfriend does, but yeah. whenever they do those crossover series, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just tune in. I, they're, yeah. they're basically soap operas. So I can just jump <laughs> in. I don't need anybody. <laughs> right. I know who the characters are. I don't care what they're doing in their own show. <laughs> Wait, uh, why'd that one kiss that one? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just stop asking questions. I'm like, well, this is cool to see them all together. Um, yeah, man, I, this best one is just so hard. I'd have to like, I'd honestly, to really genuinely answer your question, I think I would have to look at a list of spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, and then be able to kind of choose from there. I'll, I'm going to peek at my phone and see if see, I can find While you're doing that, one of my favorites, and, and Joe just bashed the last time we talked about this, was Logan. Oh, yeah, Logan is really good. <laughs> Joe well, bashed Logan? Was really good. Didn't you say you didn't like Logan? Uh, I don't. I don't think I said that. Okay, I was wrong. I stand corrected. Maybe but we're Logan. talking about Wolverine Origins. <laughs> oh, maybe Wolverine Origins. Yeah, that, I think that's you know, probably we don't what talk it was. about Wolverine Origins. <laughs> yeah, I think, but yeah, Logan I, was a really good spinoff right off of the X Men, and uh, you know Hugh Jackman playing an older you know Logan who his healing factor wasn't as great. You had Professor X there who you know secretly killed all the X Men, and you know uh, Logan's trying to keep him safe and. Oh man, the only the, the biggest thing about that I didn't like was the fact that they used Hugh Jackman as Wolverine as the bad guy. You know, they yeah, they should have done a saber tooth. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, okay, so I I kind of just peeked real quick, and I I don't know that they're the best, but they're definitely ones that I I really really enjoy. Um, so one would be Bumblebee, because um, I. I am the reason they keep making Transformers films. I know that they're garbage. I know that they're horrible. The last one was almost unwatchable, but I, I, I'm the reason they keep making them. So if you want to blame anybody for anything, you can blame me for Michael Bay keep making Transformers movies. It's my fault. Um, but Bumblebee was phenomenal. I love Haley Steinfeld. I think she's just an absolute joy on screen. Um, I, I genuinely liked Bumblebee more than I ever thought. I know it's, it's basically a retread of anything you've ever seen before, but um, it's done really, really well. Um, the other one I really love is Get Him to the Greek. Um, did, you guys, did you guys ever watch that one? I, I did. I liked it. What was it a spinoff of? So it's actually a spinoff for Getting Sarah Marshall. Sarah Marshall. Yeah. 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 And it's that is that's like a perfect example of a single serving character getting right. their own feet and actually knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he is. He's. Not a me. He's barely a support character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And he's one of those people where like you watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall and you have to just think like, yeah, this is all we're going to need of this guy. Like he's got to be just a small dose character. And so I remember when they announced Get Him to the Greek and I was like, I don't want to watch this guy for the whole time. And it is easily one of my favorites in that whole universe of like Judd Apatow type of movies. Um, uh, It made me fall in love with Russell Brand. I actually love Diddy as a comedic actor, which I don't know how that's even possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Diddy's just like an unwatchable person, even when he's in music videos. Um, <laughs> he's hilarious in mm-hmm. Get Him to the Creek. Like, he is so funny in that movie. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's that's a great one. I really, really like that one. Um, even the music was good. Yeah, and he, he nope. did it. Uh, Russell Brand did all of it. That That's him singing all of those songs. Uh, on that entire soundtrack and get him to the Greek. That's him. I enjoyed those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. I think Logan's a good one. I, I really do like get him to the Greek. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> this one's a terrible one. I actually really like uh, the Ewok, uh, Ewok adventures. Oh, the TV uh, show. Uh, no, the actual movie. Uh, there, there are two of them by the way, and they are on Disney plus. Um, I, X-Men, I'm not going to tell you to watch them. Again, I'm, oh, no, I'm going to watch them. I am firmly <laughs> I am firmly comfortable in knowing that they are awful. Uh, they are clearly made for TV, and they are incredibly dated. Um, but my humble upbringings of not being raised by a Star Wars parent, uh, I actually I watched Return of the Jedi and the Ewok Adventure Stories before I ever watched A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it holds a, a special nostalgic place in my heart when it comes to <laughs> a spin. I wanted an Ewok when I was a kid. I thought that was like the coolest pet to ever have. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing about me, just so you know, I pretty much love everything. I find joy in just about everything I watch. Even if it's if it's bad, I'll be able to find something that I like about it. So right. I'm going to watch it anyways. I got a six-year-old. You get to watch Alfred Brimley yell at children, which is... Uh, just a joy. It's absolutely one. It's like the best part of the whole movie. Or it's just yelling at this poor girl. It's it's great. It's pretty good. What do you think yeah. about Hobbs and Shaw? Man, see, and that's a that's another one. That's another example of like that I wanted that, and then once it happened, I, I didn't need it. Oh. Uh, and I 
some of that is just again it goes back to story and the story that they're actually telling and look i get it fast and the furious is not high-minded anything at all like mm-hmm. um and i'm also the reason they keep making those movies by the way too uh, <laughs> yeah, same, same uh, man. you're not alone no i'm i'm it's so funny because i have like i i do all this critical stuff and i watch all these movies and tv shows and i try to be critical but like when it really comes down to it, I'm the reason they make terrible, terrible franchises. Like, mm-hmm. you can blame me for Resident Evil. That's my fault. I <laughs> love those horrible, horrible movies. They're awful. Um, I love them. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hobbs and Shaw, like, I, you would think that that is a match made in heaven, right? Like, those two going back and forth for a whole movie, uh, sign me up. How could you not want that? And I don't know, man, I maybe it was just the narrative structure. I know that like The Rock basically forced that whole third act into the movie because he absolutely needed it to be in there. And it wasn't even the end. It was actually supposed to be like the second act. Like the whole movie was like rearranged in post. So that big scene where like all the um, like the nuclear power plant or whatever, when that whole thing crumbles and they're in the city and they're doing all that, that was supposed to be the main part of the third act. And The Rock was like, no, I want this whole, you know, going back to home and doing the Samoa thing or whatever. I want that to be the thing. And so the director was like, okay, fine, whatever. And so they just tack it on to the end and like rearrange the whole movie. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I want, I wanted to love it. I really did. I, I genuinely did. And it just didn't, it didn't give me what I needed. It tried to give me what I wanted and it didn't work. But it had Black Superman. <laughs> Black Superman. There you go. That is... Just so you know, for me, that is the greatest character in any yeah. movie is Black Superman. <laughs> have you, have, did you ever, by the way, have you ever seen the, the parody YouTube video of the guy that uh, is like, I'm Idris Elba, and he just goes around and like, he basically like, he walks into like a scientist lab, and they're like, "Who? what are you, he's like, what's all this thing? No, I'm, I'm Idris Elba, and then he just like, <laughs> totally screws up whatever they're doing, like, it's, it's absolutely hilarious, it's so funny. That's I will immediately check. check for that as soon yeah. as we're done. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. Hey, since yeah. we can blame you for all the terrible movies that are being remade or, or you know, continued on, uh, is Sharknado on your list? Oh, 100%, man. <laughs> 100%. Oh, my God. That it's, it's amazing that a movie that intentionally jumps the shark actually manages <laughs> Literally. to jump the shark. I do not understand how that's even possible. And I... <laughs> I have to marvel at the absolute absurdity of this thing. Like, it just, I'm going to be honest. The first one is actually really funny, and it's yeah. really good. Uh, they lose steam uh, once you get to, like, what, six? Uh, but I, <laughs> six. No, yeah, no, there are six Sharknados, by the way. Um, there's time travel involved. Uh, there's a robot. Um, there, bro, it. Oh my God! If you have not <laughs> taken the time, I, I don't know if you're an edibles guy, but like, like take an edible and just plow through Sharknados. It is the most joyful experience <laughs> in your life, my dude. I have yet to watch one. I I will I will honestly, and I know this sounds crazy, but I will legitimately recommend the first one because it is it is very it is incredibly self aware. It knows exactly what it's doing. It is not out here trying to pretend it's supposed to be a good movie. It is basically just making fun of every type of disaster movie that you can think of. Um, and it's purposefully ridiculous, but it's, it's actually really well done. Um, so I, I would actually recommend the first one. I don't know that I recommend making the rest of them without some enhancement. Uh, but yeah, the first one's actually pretty good. I, I would give it a shot. And don't forget Shark to Puss and Lava Lanchula. Yes. Lava Langela has Steve Gutenberg. The yes. goop. Oh, Can't go wrong with so Gutenberg. Good. Have you guys ever watched Santa Jaws? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, so I one year, I, I didn't do it last year, but the year before, I, I did like a Schlocktoberfest um, mm-hmm. where I just tried to find the absolute worst Halloween movies that you could possibly do. And <laughs> Amazon Prime is a treasure trove of garbage. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! It a is a lot of garbage. Uh, I have seen uh, Killer Pinata. Uh, I've seen <laughs> I've seen Lamageddon. Uh, what was Santa what was the couch one? Which one? That wasn't there like a couch. The couch that eats yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a couch one. There's a sandwich <laughs> one. There's uh, there's a carousel, which is like a carousel horse that gets embodied <laughs> by like a murderer and just start. It becomes like self aware. 
and just starts killing people with its unicorn horn. It's oh my god, the schlock on there is amazing. Mm. It is so good. Yeah, there are some of the worst movies ever made. Uh, Jesus versus Vampires is on there. Um, yeah, which is like part musical. I I don't understand. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've seen a lot of movies, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, see, I, I, I know why you do so well at writing because you've seen a huge spectrum of movies. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yes. obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Derek, any final thoughts you want to leave us with on, uh, you know, the support character, single serving character spinoff? What thoughts do you have for us? Final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, I I think it really just all comes back to us really, because I think stuff like this, I think this is where we should thrive, right? I think having these actual discussions, like, I I don't need everybody to agree with me. Like I said, I'm not an authority on anything. I'm just just somebody who loves nerddom. I love movies. I love television. And, you know, I, I, I do get paid to write about them. And so, you know, I try to have these. And so I think having real discussions about things we don't have to agree but this whole either or type of thing i think we just need to get rid of that and that's that's what i really tried to do with this article i wanted it to be something where hey we don't have to get mad at each other we can just critique things we love it's fine it's it's okay let's have a real discussion about things that we don't normally talk about which is single serving characters and supports and what works and what doesn't uh instead of just coming out and being like Boba Fett's the greatest show on earth and you're completely messed up if you don't love it. Like mm-hmm. that's not the best step. But then also on the flip side, the other stance, you can't just be, well, Boba Fett sucks. And it's like, but okay, but it doesn't really like, yeah, it's problematic mm-hmm. and it's not the greatest show, but like to say it just outright sucks, isn't the right answer either. So I think really digging in, finding what, you know, people are actually talking about having those discussions. And then I cannot stress this enough just read the articles like just just read them and then that will help i promise yeah. <laughs> you're like disagree with them fine but make that's sure fine. you have valid them. points that's, that's what i yeah <laughs> show your work yes <laughs> well i definitely appreciate you writing the article not only this article man but all the articles that you write uh, i'm not going to create a spinoff episode where we argue about the merits of football, <laughs> which I absolutely loved. We're not going to have a spinoff episode, but uh, I appreciate, you know, you writing the articles, man. I appreciate you sharing them with everybody because there is some really good insight and it's not one dimensional, mm-hmm. you know, and you look at it very impartially, but then you make us think, which I really appreciate. Well, thank you, man. I really do appreciate it. That means a lot. I, it really does. It, it genuinely does. Derek, where can the ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order find you if they want to start following you on social media or anything else? Yeah, absolutely. So I am actually still in that boomer world of Facebook, so I still definitely am prevalent on there. Uh, I've I've wanted to move off it for ever, but I've I've literally made a career of just all of my <laughs> stuff being on there, so I can never leave it until Zuckerberg ruins everything and you know goes back to his home planet. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, but you can find me on all other social media. So you can find me on Instagram, find me on Twitter. Um, it's just at DRock Comedy. So that's D-R-O-K Comedy. Um, I post all of my articles on Twitter. Um, and then I usually try to reshare them on Instagram. It's a little bit more difficult. But then you can also find me at the thejackofallnerdshow.com. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, we have tons of content on there. Um, and then obviously follow me on NerdBot, just nerdbot.com. Um, my name will come up probably every day because I feel like I do an article a day sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where you can find, uh, all, all my stuff. Awesome. Thanks, man. Joe, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us on you type in any hashtag of imnwo.com. You can find us where everywhere. Just type in the hashtag. We'll pop up everywhere. And if your friends are not listening, they shouldn't be your friends if they're not listening to us, but <laughs> mm-hmm. if they're not just go ahead and share with your friends, uh, like I said, man, whether it be any media that you like, uh, just share it with your friends. Give them the opportunity to enjoy. I think that as far as the nerd community goes, that's one great thing we have. You know, I've been uh, following the NerdBot guys for years and loving everything that they do and the content that they put out. You know, whether it be like Jack of All Nerds or the articles that you have or, you know, Nerd Expo or anything like that. Just great guys. 
And, you know, I, I really appreciate what you guys do. Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this concludes this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. Until next time, I am NWO. We are NWO. Nurse redefined. Oh, yeah.